welcome to the She Is I Am podcast. I am Angela Mullen. I hope you all are doing well. It's time for some real life, real talk conversation. So let's jump into it. So I am here today with my yoga instructor, Ebony. Hi, Ebony. Welcome to the She Is I Am podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited. I'm happy you're here. I'm a new yo. I'm a new yogi. Yeah. I'm a beginner. So I know it's a lot of people who want to get into yoga or who feel like yoga is just boring or it's all about meditation. Can you just talk to us? Sure. Yeah. So yoga isn't just about meditation. It's about spirituality. It's about discovering who you are as a person. Um, I know when I first started, I thought it was just a physical thing. Um, I'm very competitive like my mother is. So I have a very, I have a very competitive spirit. So when I first started my beginner's yoga, I will never forget the time I was sweating. I was shaking. I'm like, what is this? Um, and it wasn't until later I started trying to go back and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back. And I kept going and going and I love the physical practice, but then I'm like, okay, how are people just really into this stuff and started getting, you know, deeper into the spirituality and learning. So what I did was I started going to workshops and, um, I think it was like yoga retreats and all of that. And that's when I realized, okay, yoga is just more than, body or meditating or being a weirdo that eats right. <laughs> veggies all the time because I think that's what people think it is but it's more like um it's a very spiritual practice and it helped me discover the person that I was and really learning about what ego is and realizing okay ego is the person who I thought I was versus when you finally have get rid of that ego or what they call an ego death it's one of those things where you realize okay you're more than just body. You're more than just mind. You're more than just these lips and these eyes that can see and talk. Mm -hmm. It's more like, yes, this is more of a physical practice to kind of get us all up and amped up. But I think really when I started getting deeper into the spiritual practice, it's when I realized, okay, this is more about self-discovery of who you are as a person to better yourself, yes. um, to be a better person, be a, be connected more to God. Cause I think I got more connected to God through it. Mm -hmm. Um, and whatever it is that I was going through in my journey and just really learning the research and the history. And not only that, the culture of yoga, since it all started in India anyway, um, just paying homage to those who are Indian, who do, who are yoga practitioners and who know, okay, this is my life. This is my culture. These are the things that I do and understanding how sacred it is. Mm -hmm. And, really discovering that we are not just human beings just to live on this earth right. and just work every day yeah. or, you know, like um, go to work every day or cook or clean or, you know, a woman's job is to always have kids sometimes, yeah. but it's just, it's Preach. more than that. So. Preach it to me because that's what I'm like. So. I'm, I'm more than this. Like life for me, it has to be more than just working all the time, right. just motherhood, just like it's more than that like yeah. I am more than that who am I yeah and with yoga it's helping me discover that discover who you are and trust me you will get to that point where you'll have an ego death even in my class because mm. some people will start having moments where they're like I'm I'm discovering something brand new about myself I didn't know um, I tell people all the time if they do feel certain things like if they feel energies or mm -hmm. feel certain sensations in their bodies um I tell them just let them feel it. Don't freak out or feel like 
is this the devil since we're in the mm-hmm. south mm-hmm. um but i just say you know just really feel what it is that you really want to connect to what it is that you're feeling inside of your body because all of that is energy when you start kind of feeling an uprising from the basically the spine all the way up to the head that's energy mm-hmm. so you know kind of learning about that and some people have cried in my class but you know that's a way of having an ego death and realizing okay there's something inside of me that has been trying to open up I've had people cry for the simple fact they've been touched by the lesson and can simply get it and then go home and not just feel like, okay, I did a yoga class today and I'm physically fit and then go to work and completely ignore my lesson. It's it's impactful in a way where people can digest the lesson and be able to understand, you know, what yoga really is versus yeah. it's just a physical practice to be cute. And, and see, that's what I, you know, that's yeah. the difference. That's where I draw the line. Like all of my other classes, whether it's the Pilates or the bar and, you know, exercise and that's me okay fit i want to challenge myself Mm -hmm. i want to get stronger i want to tone whatever but when i get to yoga yoga is like okay this is your time to like cleanse Mm -hmm. like this is a part of your healing journey so i love coming to your classes and i remember one time you said okay let's invite our ancestors or let's let's talk to them and i was like whoa Okay, who am I about to call on? What is this What yeah. is this going to do? I started getting deeper into that because I was like, okay, because usually I'll be like, okay, set an intention or an affirmation. Sometimes people don't know what to set. I've had people plenty of times ask me after class, well, what's an intention? Like, how mm. do you set an intention? Like, what is that? Like, specifically. Oh, let's talk so, about that. <laughs> so an intention is pretty much what I had learned what an intention was when I got through my training was it's not just something you're setting just for the class. It's what you're setting for the rest of your life. So for me, with every class, regardless if I'm teaching or if somebody else is teaching me, what I learn from it is um, when I'm setting my intention or a Sanskrit word for it is sankalpa is, you know, it's the seed that is planted for the rest of your life. So Mm. it is the affirmation or the intention that you are setting for yourself to help you grow as a person. So one of the things I always said, regardless if someone else is teaching me or I'm teaching myself is to remain present because I think uh, 2020 has really taught Mm -hmm. me to remain present. I mean, I've had, I've traveled a lot before then, um, just doing yoga retreats, just going by myself because that was my first time just traveling by myself. And I did that for like two, three years. Um, And then eventually it just kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, well, and I realized in like 2019 all the way backwards, it was like, yeah, I was having fun and the classes I was remaining present in, but there were moments I was like so amped up and so hyper, like taking pictures, getting to know new people. And, you know, when it came to my classes, sometimes I would be present, other times not so much. Mm -hmm. So I think that was for me was to to set it for the rest of my life is just remain present. Um, Even with the climate that we're going through right now, politically and through the coronavirus, I think Mm -hmm. it just kind of taught me as a person to remain present and not really freak out about what's going to happen next. And the more I remained present and stayed that way, I kind of realized, okay, I can get excited about the future and realize whatever we going through right now is not going to be forever. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, all right, well, cool. Like I'm here. Mm -hmm. This is what I do. This is kind of how things are. And I'm excited about life. I was manifesting stuff the other, uh, last weekend, I was just manifesting things in my journal, but is to all just sit there and say, like, when you set an intention for yourself, that's the intention that you intend to set 
for the rest of your life. Yeah. Now, some people will change intentions every other class, but you'll realize with uh, yoga teachers, they'll be like, okay, we'll set the intention for yourself through this class. But for me, I'm like, set your intention for what you want for the yeah. remainder of your life. Like, yeah. don't just in set an intention for the class. Like, today I'm going to be flexible or today, you know, something basic, like today I'm going to breathe. Like, you should yeah. always breathe. Right. But um, if you want to set that intention, like, okay, my intent is to realize my breath is always with me. And that's a very healing thing, too, because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we're nervous or we're stressed, we don't think about our breath all the time. So our breath is always that one thing that's always with us. It doesn't judge us. It'll change when we're stressed, but mm -hmm. we have to learn to kind of connect with it and understand. And see, hey, I'm, I'm in right a season here. of connecting right, with right. my breath because before COVID, with working in the production industry, it's just always, even just outside of the production industry, my life has always just been rush mode, right? right? On the go, on the go, on the go. And then COVID comes and it's like, stop. Like mm -hmm. when the bridge collapsed on 85, like right. I was actually out there. Wow. And I was headed into it. And then I was like, okay, wait, now I see why everybody stopped. It's just pitch black smoke here. Mm -hmm. You can't get anywhere. So I literally had to just make a U-turn and go the opposite way. But I felt like that I, I always lost my breath or mm -hmm. I never was mindful of my breath. Or I would get to the next store and I would sit for a second and finally like, oh, like, oh my gosh, I don't know the last time I've breathed. Like, have I been holding my breath? Mm -hmm. It was like that deep sigh. So now daily, I'll try to just have more concentrated yeah. breaths. But I love when we're in your class, you're like, really go deep. Like, mm -hmm. get a deep breath. Feel your stomach, you know, tone that belly. Feel yeah. your stomach contract. And I'm like, I've never felt, I've never breathed like this before. Yeah, <laughs> and I was the same way when I first started my um, yoga teacher training. It was like going off to college because I was gone. Uh, I went out of the state to go get mine. Um, but it is interesting when they try to teach you how to guide people to kind of breathe. Mm -hmm. They all teach us the same thing. But then I started getting creative and finding my own thing that I could connect with. So when I tell people, okay, like just kind of don't think about what it looks like to breathe. Just see mm -hmm. how it feels, feels to breathe yeah. versus just... I'm breathing and, and that's it. Like, you know, just really take breath as a gift of life. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people don't take breath as a gift of life. Like, you know, we had, we recently had people pass away, like Chadwick Boseman, for example, or um, different celebrities. Mm -hmm. There was a drag queen by the name of Chi Chi DeVay. She just passed from pneumonia. Jeez. But it's like, you know... People have to realize, and I think people are discovering this year that there's a gift of life and you're not yeah. on this earth just to just live and just go. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are realizing that. And I think for me, I wasn't, I realized, okay, yes, I have a gift, but I think I realized as well, okay, I'm not here on this earth just to simply teach. I'm here to like help heal people. That was always my intention. But then I think I started realizing what people were going through and just to help that reminder of, hey, this is how everything feels like, you know, when I do, when I teach, I tell people, I invite you to do this, or mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel good to do this, try this, you know, instead of telling people very, being very direct all the time, sometimes I'm just like, okay, well, see how this feels for you. But I think also with breath as well, it's important because 
many people don't really know how good it feels to breathe. Yeah. People just like, you know, when you're stressed all the time and you're moving, the only time you really have time to breathe is when you go to sleep at night. Yeah. So like I really, now I feel like my lungs are nice and clear. Mm -hmm. Like, like they had a great detox or something. Yeah. But speaking of healing, you actually do like chakra healing, right? I do. Let's talk about chakras. Cause a lot of, I remember I said I took a test cause I felt like, my chakra was clogged. Yeah. And it was actually my heart chakra mm-hmm. that was blocked and not what I thought it was. Yeah, so I do chakra healing, but it is also called Reiki. So Reiki is just um, pretty much energy that is through your hands or through a person's body. And all of the energy that is being passed through that person's hands is being passed to your client or whoever wants the Reiki. So say, if a chakra is blocked off, you, me as a Reiki practitioner, I can feel that. So it's a way like, you know, whether it's a simple touch or a hover, because some people don't like being touched during that time. Um, people can feel things. And when you realize about like the chakra healing and so with chakras, um, let me just get into that too, because what chakras are, because many people are like, well, what are, what are chakras? chakras? Mm-hmm. Um, they're just basically energy centers in your entire body. So you have the root chakra, which is at the base of the spine all the way down to the buttocks. That is to help you root down and ground in your daily life, regardless of what you're doing. So when you talk about your root chakra a lot, you're really thinking about grounding and being present every day and just knowing, okay, I know exactly where I'm going. I know who I am. I'm like a tree, I'm rooted. So Mm -hmm. everywhere I go, it's just, I'm a grounded person. And then you have your sacral chakra, um, which is right in the womb area or underneath the pelvic floor. So I know like most women mostly connect to a lot of sacral chakras. Men do too. Um, But with women, when I have a group of class of women, I like to say we connect to our sacral chakra because that's where we create. That's where we have birth. That's where um, most of our womb energy is. That's where um, most of our pelvic floor health is because we don't really take care much of our pelvic floor. We're learning a little bit more mm-hmm. as time goes on, but when that one's closed off, most of the time we're not willing to create, we're not really to have any connection with anybody, whether it's sexually or spiritually or emotionally. Um, so when that chakra is closed off, sometimes you might have a really bad negative experience in there or some sort of trauma that might have blocked it off. Um, Your solar plexus, which is probably one of my favorites, is your drive. So it's in the center of your core. It's what drives you. It's your women's intuition. It's okay. And especially with men, too, if they're like go-getters, they're like, okay, today I'm going to do this. Let's just go and let's just get at it. That's your solar plexus basically driving you to do what it is that you want to do. So I know for me, my solar plexus is always on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think for me, when I'm manifesting something, I'm like, okay, if I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And that's my solar plexus and the fire kind of feeling it like, yeah, just get up and do it. Um, Of course, the heart chakra for love, giving, receiving love, um, expressing love. I Mm -hmm. think that one's also very open for me as well. And then you got your throat chakra, uh, which is in obviously the center of your throat. And this one is good for people who need to speak up more, speak their truth. Mm. Um, those who really can't speak their mind, oftentimes that's very locked. Um, I had an experience with a student who um, she said she, cause we had chakra yoga at one point last year. And um, that was one of our pop-up classes. And she was saying, we got to the throat chakra and I felt like I couldn't breathe. And I said, well, what are you experiencing in your life? So she was telling me all her 
um, the things that she was going through. She's like, I'm a very outspoken person, but I think when it comes to my culture and the experiences I go through, then I kind of get closed off. Mm. So I was like, okay, yeah, that might be your throat chakra because there's certain things that you really want to get out. So yeah, you got that um, with the throat chakra. Then there's the third eye, um, which is a space in between your brow. So people people are so literal with this one. They're like, okay, is there an eye that's supposed to spring out? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is no eye that is supposed to come out. What it is is your third eye is what is able to help you see things for what they really are mm. um, and maybe change your perspective on stuff. I think um, it's so hilarious because um, this um, one of my friends, she does Reiki as well, but she did my Reiki on a picture that I had. And she said, well, is your th have you felt like your third eye and your throat chakra has been open a lot? I said, yes, yeah, since we've been on lockdown, my third eye and throat chakra has been open a lot, I think. I'm starting to see things for as it is. I'm starting to see people for who they are. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to see energy for what it is. And, you know, certain things are not good or bad. And then certain things I'm like, mm, I got to be aware of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And how they're doing their thing and how they're going on about life. Um, but it makes you very, with the third eye, it makes you very aware of people. It makes you very in tune to what's going on around you, what's going on with yourself. Mm -hmm. So when your third eye's open, you're like, okay, well... I see as X and such, such, and you know, for yeah, who they I've really definitely are. experienced my third eye opening. Mm -hmm. Like, it's shocking because it's like, okay, wow, like, hold up. I'm really seeing, I'm seeing things. Mm -hmm. Like, it's no way around this. It's no longer me making excuses or justifying certain things. And that's probably been a year. Right. But recently with COVID, my throat, I, now it's like I'm able to speak more. I'm able to tell my truth and just, you know, be free. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, because there have been people who's like, my third eye is a lot more open than it was. But some people also have that time where they're like, my heart is as closed, it's closed, more closed off than it used to be. Yeah. And I think we have to learn to find balance. Like for me, I started realizing after, you know, when we were in lockdown, I was like, is my, like, I'm like, I do love people still, but is my heart closed off? And then I had to learn to just kind of connect with myself and realize, all right, well, it's not my, th my um, heart that's really closed off. It's for me, when I'm seeing certain things, I don't want to deal with certain things or certain people or, you know, and it's not to say, you know, I'm a perfect yogi who's just going to come in and be like, hey, well, I'm always going to be open with open arms regardless, even if I know you or not, but I think because I, I love so hard um, and I realized that about myself, I kind of was like, okay, well, I still love people, yeah. but I have my limits with people. And yeah. I think that's what we really have Ooh. to learn to kind of keep your heart open. It's that's like, I love you and I give and receive love and my heart chakra is open, but also my third eye is like, okay. Okay, see, let's talk because <laughs> remember I said my heart chakra was mm -hmm. what the test said was block yeah and I don't know if it's because now I'm on this journey of self-love and self-care for myself I don't have the balance like you mentioned because yeah. my third eye is open my throat chakra is open but now my heart feels like it is clogged not saying I'm not loving anyone else but yeah. because now I'm loving me more I'm just not I'm not I'm setting boundaries right. now which I feel like those boundaries is what's probably causing some of yeah, the it's, it's causing some of the blockage um, sometimes with boundaries and what I realize about it as a practitioner. Um, 
with blockages, especially, um, we just kind of, sometimes with people, they try to open it, but they're like very closed off as to trying to open it. Like I know when I'm doing Reiki for the first time to people who don't believe it, their energy's all hesitant. You can feel it. I can feel it. And then once they kind of start opening up, then I kind of see, okay, what's open? What's not? What's stressful? Like sometimes when people will have headaches, they don't tell me. It's just the energy where I, where I guide it or it's like, hey, um, my hands are hovering, my hands are touching your forehead or like, okay, this is where I can feel it. And I'll ask them later, oh, have you been having headaches or experiences with a, a broken heart before? And they're like, yes. So they just start <laughs> talking about that. But I really think um, we have to find an equal balance with our chakras and not to say that one chakra might be open and then the other one might be mm -hmm. closed later. And you have to kind of figure out as to why, but you have to do, you still have to find that balance in your heart of loving other people, regardless mm -hmm. if you know them or not. Um, it's just, and just like in yoga, it's okay to set your own boundaries. Like if there's a pose, mm -hmm. like I tell people, if there's a pose that you can't do, there's something that you don't want to try, don't mm -hmm. do it. That's your boundary. Like doesn't yeah. mean you hate the pose. It's just, hey, this is my boundary and this is what I'm willing to do and what I'm willing not to do. So how do you keep your energies up and like how do you keep maintain your high vibration so that you're able to go through this how do, reiki mm -hmm. oh, i'm so bad with words so, so you do reiki the, yeah so they taught us different ways to protect ourselves um before we do any reiki lesson or before we go out um i think for me based on life experience i think i have learned so much over the years i've just became an old soul so Anytime I go out, I'm just kind of like, I think it's subconsciously for me, I just set this the same intention to remain present, but also, you know, whatever happens today is just going to happen. Doesn't mean it's going to affect me today or tomorrow or next week. So I think for me, what I had to learn, um, it's the kind of when I'm working with people or let's just say if there's somebody and I'm, I'm a good feeler at reading the room. So if I first meet, um, let's just say you or like your sister or anybody else um, that I'm first meeting and I get to know them based on the vibe that I'm getting, you know, sometimes with people and some of my friends are like, you're really intuitive because I think for me of my experiences over the years with dealing with people and friendships, I'm just kind of like, I'm very intuitive with knowing people. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, for example, like if I'm say, I'm getting to know a lady named Susan and Susan's very hyper, Susan's very loving, but Susan's also very extra. I know, mm -hmm. okay, <laughs> this person's a very sweet, loving person. Um, you know, I could definitely vibe with them and we could go hang out, but I know for a fact, okay, I have my limits. We could hang out for like two, three hours and then go because she's hyper and mm -hmm. her energy is just really high. So I think for me, because I, I'm an empath, so I do feel things for people. Now, I, I don't mm. think I am anymore that much. But, um, you know, when um, I do see empaths and other people who really do feel things, I had to learn, okay, just because it's another person's experience or whatever other another person is going through doesn't necessarily mean... I have to feel the same way. <laughs> that so you set your boundary real. by that just by sitting there saying, okay, just because you're feeling sad, upset, angry, um, or another person's kind of just extra hyper, it's just like, whoa, it's too much or whoa, that's a lot. But it's like, all right, I had to learn, okay, just ground yourself because 
and set your boundaries with this person like you love them but or you you know you love people from a distance or you love them mm-hmm. like when you're close and when you really like if I really get a good vibe and I'm connected with you then I'm like oh like yay yeah. like you know but even if I don't and I'm still trying to get to know you it's like oh like I still love this person they're great I just for me I set my boundaries where I'm like okay, they're feeling this. I feel sorry for them. And I'm very compassionate for people and I care for people, but it doesn't necessarily mean I have to go home and be sad too. And see, that's my problem. (laughs) I discovered that I was an empath recently. Was was when what my actually my sister discovered it. Oh. (laughs) My sister and my nephew who was here for your um I think he came with me to hot Hot yoga. yoga. Yeah. Yeah, he and my sister were like, Okay, you're an empath because I take everybody's problems i feel there i feel it like Mm -hmm. i'm just an energy type of person yeah so i feel when somebody else is going through something then they're calling me then i feel like i'm everybody life coach and i can help them get through everything and then i'm a hot mess myself i don't know how i'm trying to help other people but working as a 911 dispatcher i took all of those problems home with me right i can never just take it for what it is and just leave it like yeah. I carry everybody's emotions and weight even even family that don't even live here they all the way in DC somewhere and I'm like okay I need to get to them I need to just make sure they're okay like <laughs> right. I'm mama bear like yeah. girl you a hot mess right now if you don't sit down and go finish healing right and I think um I was the same way too I was very much an empath I had to kind of learn for myself okay Because, like I said, COVID-19 has really taught me a lot. I think it's taught everybody a lot. But I think for me, especially as a person, it taught me I don't have to do everything all at one time. Mm. And when I do, when I talk to my students and do all these classes, I teach them the same things that I have learned. You don't have to do everything all at once. You don't have to be everybody's therapist. Mm. You don't have to be everybody's coach. You know, for me as an instructor, I'm here. And as a Reiki practitioner, I'm here to heal people and help people feel better and you know, really help them start on their journey. Like I'm the start point. I could be the end point too, but I also realize, and I help them know as well. Okay. Hey, I'm your teacher. (laughs) I, you know, some people will be like, I'm like the guru, I guess, but I mean, I'm your teacher, I'm your instructor and you know, I'm there for you. Um, if you need any healing or any time, you know, I tell my students, you know, Hey, call me at any time at this number if you need me. But I also set that boundary of, okay, yeah, I got like 10 or 15 minutes, what's up? Or sometimes you just have to set that boundary of, hey, are you busy? And you answer that phone. Sometimes you just have to go, yeah, girl, I got 10, 20 minutes. What's going on? Or yeah, I got that's 10 a good thing. I need to practice that. You know, just kind setting of- boundaries. And that's a great way to set them because I'll just answer my phone. First of all, why am I answering? I know I'm in the middle of something. Right. I really can't talk. And I'll still answer my phone and I'm flustered. And then I'm getting asked a question that requires more thinking. And now I'm frantic. Yeah. But see, it's because I'm not setting boundaries. So yeah. I'm allowing myself to have all of these anxious moments. Yeah. And it's not to say that you can't be an empath. Um, for me, I, at some certain points, I do feel like my empath, empathery, I don't know if that's a word. I like um, empathery if it's not. <laughs> New word, empathery. My empath, dictionary. you know, my little empath, you know, energy just comes up. Uh, sometimes I will deeply feel for people from like where I like feel like I have to be the hero or Superman, but then I have to come back to that and realize, okay, 
if I'm exhausted, I will do the best that I can to help people, but I know when to kind of close all that off. So um, I also have to remind people, hey, you know, anytime I'm doing Reiki on them, sometimes people like to replace Reiki practitioners or Reiki masters as this is a person who's a doctor. <laughs> this is a person mm -hmm. who's a psychologist. This is a person who's a psychiatrist. And it's like, well, we don't replace that. So what I had to learn was tell people, okay, remember, this is a deep cleansing, but you still need to do the work of whatever. So don't stop going to a therapist if you need to. Don't right. stop going to like a holistic therapist if you need to. Don't stop going to a doctor if you need to go to a doctor. Just because I said, okay, here's what's wrong with you. And, you know, you should go see a doctor for that because... Reiki practitioners and masters are here to help you feel better from the inside out, mm -hmm. but you can go with a deep cleanse and feel better, but you still have to keep doing the work that yeah. you consistently do. And yeah. see, that's what I appreciate because with healing and with wellness, I do find that it's a combination mm -hmm. of things. Like I call it the perfect prescription because I've been on the medications that the doctors and the psychiatrists and them, you know, will prescribe you, but you're just getting refills after refills because you're really not fixing the problem. And I had a point where I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, I'm about to fight this anxiety <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. We about to go at it. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to do yoga. We're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to go to a therapist. And I find that the combination of all of that helps with mm -hmm. just cleansing. Yeah, it all helps. And you'll run into those holistic people who are like, oh, doctors are evil, don't do it. And I'm a person who disagree. I don't think all doctors right. are evil. I don't think all doctors are out just for the money. You really have to find a good doctor if you are, like if they are one of those people. There are some doctors I have met for myself before that are into holistic stuff. Like my gynecologist, I had one who was like, oh, you're into yoga. We just started talking about spiritual stuff and herbs and oh. all this other stuff. And she was recommending some stuff for me um, to cleanse some stuff out. But, you know, you'll meet some really good people who you're like, oh, I never knew that they were this. So it's not to say, hey, don't ever go to the doctor. Because right. you have some people who are so holistic. They're like, I refuse to go to the mm -hmm. doctor even if I have you right. know, symptoms of a headache or I have a symptoms right. of COVID or whatever. I just think all doctors are evil and all plants and medicine, all natural plants and medicines mm -hmm. are going to heal me, which yes, that's true, but it doesn't always work for everybody. So yeah, you do you have, have to, to do find what that works balance. For you. Yeah. yeah. So you do have to find that balance and it's not to say, you know, if you want to try Reiki out, you know, don't stop coming to it, but you know, have Reiki and then have whatever else that you got going on combined with it because mm -hmm. everything is an equal balance of everything is what I believe so you can't I just can't sit wait there to experience and be, my session yeah so you can't wait to you know it's like you can't be always in the clouds all the time sometimes you really just have to find that balance of being grounded mm -hmm. and opening up your third eye yeah. so yeah and of course the last um because I forgot to mention the other chakra it's the crown chakra which is the knowledge and the wisdom of who you are as a person and then they say, yogis basically say that there's more chakras above all of that um, that are gold and silver, which you have gone into a five-dimensional realm or a universe where it's like, okay, I realize I'm more than just mind, body, spirit. I mean, mind and body and just to eat and be this physical being, I'm something else and I'm just eternal. So that's when people mm. really connect to their crown chakra and the knowledge that they have around them and the things that they are open and aware of. But 
it's a lot harder for a lot of people to connect to the crown chakra. It's very rare you'll see it, but mm-hmm. um, there have been some people I've connected with. They're like, oh, they're very into their crown chakra, very knowledgeable, very above and beyond and kind of know, okay, um, I'm not just the physical. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what the crown chakra now, is. Now, I always, like, I'm interested in it, but I feel like for me, when it comes to yoga, this is my practice. Like, mm-hmm. this is where I come and I can just relax mm-hmm. and meditate and just enjoy being present and mm-hmm. being still. Now, how did you get to a point where you were like, okay, I enjoy it so much that now I want to teach it to somebody? Like, do you practice and have that sacred time with yourself, like, outside of when you're teaching? Or is it only when you're teaching? Because how can you really, you know what I mean? Like be in that moment when yeah. you're instructing. It's an equal balance for me. I think um, when I've, I've been so into it. Well, when I started finally saying I wanted to teach it was when, um, just like you, I was diagnosed with anxiety at the age of nine years old. Oh, wow. So I was nine. And, um, you know, I remember just sitting down trying to do homework with my parents and I would just freak out about homework so they were like okay these are not normal reactions so they would take me to a therapist and I thought okay I'm getting help for learning little did I know they were diagnosing me so it turns out I was I did have anxiety as well um I went through everything I went through therapy that helped a lot I went through my journey of learning who I was as a person uh you know you go through middle school high school being very insecure with yourself or mm-hmm. um did you get therapy throughout those years I did I um, think that would have really helped me cuz those were the hardest years yeah. and I feel like I was just just a rolling on down the river Yeah so I mean I I took therapy I think at the end of middle school cuz I was transitioning to high school I stopped at some point and then I went back again uh senior year of high school just to kind of learn more about myself. And then I I went again, I think in college. Um, And during that time in high school, they had like a Christian club called Christian Athletes. Um, I went there because my parents taught me, you know, about praying and all of that, but I didn't really know who God was for Mm -hmm. me. And then it wasn't until I got to that club, I was like, okay, well, I know what God is for me and got to know the foundation of God. I went to a metal, I like to call it a metaphysical church. They just call themselves a church. It's called a Hillside Chapel. I went there uh, with my grandmother because, and I didn't realize how holistic they were until they started talking about yoga meditation. Like they literally meditate at the church as a service. So I really got into meditating from there while I was taking yoga. And then that's when in college, I started, you know, getting deeper into the practice because I was going to church while I was in college. And, um, you know, I had that competitive spirit, so I kept going. And then it wasn't until I got to that church. Also, they were like, hey, you know, you're doing yoga for your physical health. But let me tell you about your spiritual and mental health with God and what God is. And they just started getting me so excited. And then I finally realized, okay, God is something way deeper than I thought just in this Christian club. It's like he or she is something like way deeper than what I thought they were like, you know, so once I kind of started learning about that and they also teach you, you know, God is in Hinduism as well. They may just call him something different Mm -hmm. or it's in Buddhism too. Mm -hmm. They believe God's just an energy or, you know, Mm -hmm. God is different names and God is everywhere. So when they taught me all this stuff, I was like, Oh wow. So (laughs) I was staying in this bubble for a while, but then I was like, Oh, this is really cool. So 
when it when I finally went beyond that is when I dropped out of college um, and I was praying. I said, okay, God, like, what do I really need to do? And it was like, okay, here's some yoga pants in your lap. You know, you like doing <laughs> this, so you need to go ahead and start doing it. So um, I dropped out of college. My dad eventually tried it because my dad's very creative. He was like, he was like, I'm here for it. Like, you know, pick a school you want to go to. My mom was kind of hesitant because you're like, you're almost finished. But I'm like, I'm done. This is yeah. stressing me out. This is taking me back to high school. I can't do it anymore. So he convinced her and she was like, okay, well, go on a website, write down a list of schools that you think is great and we'll talk about it. And I was so serious about it. I'm like, okay, what school mm-hmm. I won't go to? So I was selecting the different um, yoga programs and yoga schools and my mom was like, okay, most of these are six months. Do you want to like do a six month program? I said, no, I need to do it for 30 days. So oh, wow. there was yeah, a 30 day intensive that I found called Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health. And I didn't realize the history of it until I started going further. And then I realized I'm like, oh snap, they used to be an ashram. And you know, they have a Swami named Swami Kripalu. Um, his disciple, Amrit Desai, he came here to teach people about Kripalu yoga and what Kripalu, Swami Kripalu and who he was. Or they call him Bubba. That's a lot. Whoa, I feel like I'm in college. Yeah, so they call him Bubba. And um, eventually I got to know who Swami Kripalu was. He passed away, but all the teachers that were there were taught under Amrit Desai. And then eventually they were taught under Swami Kripalu when he would come to the ashram. So that's how that legacy continues. So I guess you could say I'm part of a legacy now mm-hmm. of Swami Kripalu and all his disciples under uh, before me. So um, it was a cool experience. It was like living in college, like actually living on campus because I didn't live on campus. But mm-hmm. it was when I went to the yoga school, it was like I had... 10 to 20 roommates, like all in one room, but wow. we had bunk beds. So oh, it was wow. a big giant room, probably about this size and, or if not bigger. And then we had like bunk beds and we all had to share a bathroom. So that was culture shock for me. Cause I've never shared a bathroom with anybody, but and let alone all of those people. Yeah. So, but it was a really great experience. I think just learning so much about myself and, having the connections with friends. I still communicate with my friends from uh, Kripalu to this day. Like wow. we all just talk about all the memories we had. And this was in 2017. So we just talked about all the memories we had together. And some of us are like, oh, like how's your yoga journey going? So we just, you know, we communicate we with we each other. yoga tribe. So we have like a whole tribe of people and we just continue to communicate. Even, um, one of my teachers, his name's Yoganand. He was in the ashram since he was 20 years old. So he's like the stereotype yogi who looks like really skinny and looks very just, he's glowing all the time. Mm-hmm. But that's just who he is as a person. And you mentioned meditation. Now, some people think meditation is just like, I'm just going to sit here, arms up, and I'm just, um, like, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And I mean, for me, when I started meditating, I started at like three minutes, you know, and then it went to five minutes. I kind of like progressed into it. Now I can probably go 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but 15, I'm like, all right, whew, my mind's starting to race at this point. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, it's just trying not to, just really trying to be still in my mind, like right. not think. My mind does wander, but then I just bring it back to the concentration on my breath. Mm-hmm. Um Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I've never figured out if it was right or not. You know, I'm just learning as I go. But for other beginner meditate, meditating uh, 
what, what do we call them? Meditators. Yeah, I mean, you Meditatees. can call them yogis. You can call them people who like to practice meditation, meditators, you know. What recommendations do you have for them starting? Um, like you said, just start off with time. Mm-hmm. Um, everything takes time. Be patient. I realize when people are doing regular fitness, they're more patient than they are with yoga. <laughs> right. I think people have this competitive spirit where they feel like, I have to stand on my head now. Or I have to do the same thing that she's doing or he's right. doing next to me. Um, but with meditation, um, you kind of, it's not just sitting around going ohm repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Like the stereotypes you see on mm-hmm. TV or the vodka commercials where the dude's floating up in the air. Uh, <laughs> that little crazy Smirnoff commercial. But um, really, it's just, it's a way to connect to you and connect to your higher self. That's what I took it as with meditation. So meditation isn't just closing your eyes and breathing. So I would say for those who are trying to start off with beginning, start off with a guided meditation. Yeah. Like find some apps. Uh, there's a plenty of apps you can look on, like Calm, that app Calm. I love Calm. Like you can put it in and just kind of yeah. have a 10-minute guided meditation. Or um, there's a few others that I used to try, but yeah, start I off love with a nice those. guided meditation. Yeah, they so even st- have walking guided meditations because sometimes I'll listen to it if I'm going on a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I yeah. Think. So I mean, just try off those. Start off with those before you do anything in silence. Um, for me, I can go about like 15 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, depending mm-hmm. on how deep I am into it. Now, some people will say. I'm meditating and my mind's running. That's completely normal. Um, A lot of people feel like your mind should not think. Your mind is there to always think. But um, if we can come back to like our breath, like I know I was doing a guided meditation um, at one point uh, with my mom because I was just getting practice and she was like, I kept getting distracted, but I kept thinking about this bird that I heard chirping. So I'm like, come back to the bird and just mm-hmm. listen to the bird. But that was her way of coming back to her meditation. Yeah. But you That's can come nice. back at any point in time with your own breath and say, okay, um, I'm thinking about how many groceries I got to like buy today or what I did yesterday or such and such pissed me off and made me angry. Okay, think about it for a brief second and then you come right. back to your breath because that person or that thing does not matter. Like, you leave it out the door. You shut yeah. it out. So, you know, when you can come back to your breath and finally just kind of get to that point, it's like a jet plane just... And then it descends. So just allowing yourself to descend and feel like, all right, I'm good here in this space. I'm cool here. I'm really focused on my breath it gets to the point where your body starts to melt into the mat and it's like, all right, I can be here for like a good minute. So um, I would say start off with guided meditation and then try two minutes of meditation. It's a lot to sit, but if you can try two minutes, you can do it. And then try five minutes and then gradually skyrocket. Now, if you go up to like five minutes and you're still like, oh, my mind is running, go back to a minute, go back to two minutes. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I have another question. Um, are there different types of yoga? Yes, there is. What I want to know the different types, but also what would you recommend for beginners? I recommend hatha yoga or um, gentle restorative yoga, mostly. Um, if you're a beginner and you're just stepping into it, hatha yoga is always the basics. We learn hatha yoga even in our 200-hour program, um, but you're basically learning the foundation and the basics of all these movements. So 
the person who is a beginner, they can kind of feel every part of their body working and they can feel, okay, uh, tree pose isn't as easy as I thought, warrior one and two isn't as easy as I thought, but hatha yoga is definitely one of the beginner friendly things that you should try out. And gentle restorative is one of those things where you're doing more gentle movements and then you just kind of, I wouldn't say just laying out on the mat, but you're using props and blankets and all these things to help you rest, but at the same time meditate and just kind of feel different shapes in your body just laying on the mat. Um, I think uh, BKS Iyengar came up with uh, gentle and restorative yoga because he was noticing a lot of Westerners were kind of like struggling with the poses and postures. Mm. So he's like, all right, use props or, you know, get into a gentle pose and kind of teaching people like the foundation of their poses. And um, he was more of a foundation kind of guy. So everything is very specific when cueing. But um, when you get into gentle restorative yoga, you're not only just letting your body lay there, you're letting yourself meditate, you're letting yourself uh, connect with your body. So certain things that you feel, okay, like raising your arms up over and over, you're like, okay, this is basic, but then you really start to feel a little yeah. bit better in your shoulders, you start to feel better in your hips or different movements that you're doing. So it's it's gentle and healthier for your body. So if you're a beginner, definitely try you know looking at your local business and finding a either an all levels or beginners yoga class, um, making sure that it's hatha, and then try a gentle yoga practice as well. Now, if they want to join us, I say us because I come to you. <laughs> <laughs> if they want to join us in a nice yoga session, tell them where they can find you or what type of yoga you do. Yeah, so you can find me at Yoga Pilates Bar on Jodico Road located in Georgia. Um, so if you wanted to check out yoga Pilates bar, of course we do yoga Pilates and bar, but, <laughs> right. but, um, if you wanted to kind of get into my class, I do hot yoga, not really beginners friendly. So don't try that. Um, I do do happy hour yoga, which is the Hatha yoga practice, but it don't have no drinks y'all. No, no drinks. I'm waiting for them to have some, I mean, give me a smoothie or something. You can't have happy hour. No drinks. Yeah, no drinks. No, none of that, but, um, it's happy hour yoga, but, um, you do get into the practice a little bit more, um, just with the normal Hatha yoga class, but that's all levels. So it is beginners friendly. And then you have candlelight yoga, which again is all levels and beginners friendly, um, very beginner. So if you're just kind of that person who's like, well, I'm having joint pain and I'm just ready to relax or you're going through stress, candlelight is perfect for you because we do gentle movements from gentle sun salutations using the bar or the wall. And um, then we, at towards the middle of class, we kind of lay out. And then there are moments I will provide yoga nidra at the end, which is yogic sleep. So guiding you through lucid dreaming um, and awakening your consciousness while you're in Shavasana. Or I'll do the sound healing with the bowls mm -hmm. that I carry I enjoy all the time. That. The sound healing. I enjoy. So yeah, so the yoga nidra, yoga nidra is a hard practice for some people because they're like, I'm still in my physical body, but that's like awakening consciousness in your mind. Um, so I do that. So you can find me there. You can also find me on my website at yogawithebony.com. That's yogawithebony.com. <laughs> I provide a lot of private yoga sessions, Reiki, if you're interested in the services. I do long distance Reiki, but if you'd like to come in the studio on Sundays to get your Reiki session, you can do that with me. Um, I do do private sessions. I do private 
big groups. Like if you have a birthday or a bachelorette party, what I do is provide little trinkets and little gifts. Oh, we should plan an event. Yeah, so we it's should like... Be like a yoga. We should have like a yoga. Yeah, so um, event. Event. Yeah, so I provide those, um, and sometimes I'll make little goodie bags because I've done I've done parties before with birthday parties where the ladies are like, I want to do yoga and. They do it. Um, they bring their mats, and I'll just have little surprise goodie bags that I've That's put cute. together. And I'm like, okay, well, here's what's inside of it. Um, you know, so just cute stuff like that. I am having a brand new, actually, a couple more stuff coming. That's later on next year, but a brand new thing. When you go on my website, it says Pure Bliss on one of the services. That's coming soon because that'll include, it's a private yoga session, but that'll include ceremony, gentle restorative yoga uh reiki sound healing and yoga nidra all combined so that'll be something that's coming next year and oh yeah and i do do women's circles as well so um virtually if you like to connect with other women um i think sometime in october we'll be doing a new moon ceremony in october so if any ladies are interested or they're listening to this or watching this and they're like i want to be part of the circle you do it virtually and then I set up a mandala in the middle of the circle so you can see it and every circle we get inspired by a Hindu goddess or any goddess that um, really connects for the moon. So I think this one which uh, and coming up September 4th we're doing Tara Devi the goddess of liberation and compassion. And then later on, it'll be another goddess after that. So you're just really connecting with a circle of women and a circle of sisters that can really support you. And the circles are donation-based, but we donate. I donate all the proceeds that you give me to different charities. Like this one that's coming up on the 4th of September, which will probably pass once you upload Mm this. Um, But it's a, it's the, found the, The organization that I'm trying to uh, donate to is called Girls Not Brides, and it's a global nonprofit organization that donates to different countries, whether they're in Africa or Ethiopia or, well, that is Africa, Um, you know, Middle East or anything where, or in India, some parts of India where girls are sold off to be brides at the ages of, as young as like eight. So they're trying to- My daughter's eight, I couldn't imagine. So they're trying to stop that and they're giving them more education, more resources, giving their families more resources or these girls can have an opportunity to be girls and not brides. So Mm. we don't, to all that um last circle before that we donated to the trans coalition for transgender women so that way they can have health and wellness Mm -hmm. and all of that good stuff so yeah (laughs) awesome well thank you so much ebony for joining us today you definitely gave me a lot of insight on yoga yes um a lot of things i didn't know you definitely educated me i hope that everyone listening was inspired by this. Um, I hope that you choose to incorporate yoga into your life some kind of way. Um, Try to meditate, set your intentions for your life. Yes, absolutely. In addition to your intention for the day, set your intention for your life. Do you have anything you want to say? No, just uh, keeping yourself, be present at all times um, Mm. and just be patient with your yoga journey. Um, yeah, because practice makes perfect and patience makes perfect. So just explore and enjoy your journey. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.